Hey guys, I'm Raul Coley and I am off Vader, a weird terrier apparently. My name is Ayana White, I'm a writer for iZombie. Hi, I'm Molly Hagan, I play Liv's mom on iZombie. And you're listening to the iZombie podcast. Is that really how you're going to sit? Can't you sit up? Sit up? Sit up? You're listening to a season one episode of the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph. We're a fan podcast dedicated to the hit CW show, iZombie. The season one episodes begin and end abruptly, so we hope you'll forgive us. This week, we talk about the season one finale, Blaine's World. Yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, wow, I, I, I'm, I'm speechless. Uh, iZombie finale, Blaine's World, was pretty amazing. It was a, a fantastic ending to a fantastic season. Oh, and, and it's just the first season. It's just like, wow, that was the first season. Imagine what they're going to do in season two. Yeah. Um, We've got so much to talk about. Let's get right into the news. Um, first off, uh, Eliza Villani, who played our uh, our friend Marcy on, on the show, who um, is the one that invited Liv to the boat party and then got her head bashed in in mm-hmm. the episode three. She just got a role on the X Files revival. <gasps> Ooh! <laughs> um, so uh, kudos to her. Um, I'm hoping we see a lot of our Vancouver actors that we've seen on iZombie pop up on the X Files. Just like I don't know, there's been plenty of uh, you know X Files character actors that have popped up on iZombie. I'm like, oh, I remember him or her from this episode or whatever. Oh yeah, because you know I'm just finished season five and I watched the movie and now I'm on season six and yeah, lots of familiar faces. It's oh, so yeah. good. Um, speaking of, I mean, I don't want to skip ahead, but um, uh, there was. The, did you notice the uh, the scientist from uh, uh, an X Files episode you've seen recently? Um, Brian Markinson. Oh yeah, he's been in every. Yeah, he was in Continuum. He was in Arrow. Yep, he was yep. in uh, he, he was in Mad Men, but Mad that Men, yeah, that wasn't Vancouver. But yeah, he's in everything. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, I um, saw him last year at Dragon Con. He is oh. hilarious. Oh really? Yeah. What was he there promoting? Uh, Continuum. Maybe that Continuum. was year before last. Year before last. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of Continuum, our good friend of the show, Alex Ponovic, uh, will be on uh, Continuum for the next season. Um, that's where you're going to find him next. Um, but speaking of the X-Files revival, I'm kind of thinking Alex should be an alien bounty hunter. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, our... Uh, our Peyton, who was not in the finale, uh, just had uh, Ali Machaca, of course, uh, just uh, had some great news this week. Uh, she married her longtime boyfriend, Stephen Ringer, in Italy. Oh, yeah, that dress was beautiful. She looked gorgeous. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, congratulations to her. Uh, Many of us are probably wondering, is she coming back? Um, I did read and take notes from a bunch of uh, Rob Thomas and Diane Ruggiero interviews um, after the uh, finale to prepare. And I'm going to mention lots of factoids throughout this podcast. Um, I'll post some in the group, um, our Facebook group. 
But I suggest you guys check out uh, TV Line and Hit Fix. They both had did some great um, interviews with Rob Thomas. And uh, Rob did have this to say about the Alley situation. He says, she booked a pilot, and we tried to write her in such a way that if she never, if we never got her back, we would at least have a reason she was no longer on the show. But her pilot didn't get picked up, so we will have the opportunity to bring her back. It's tricky with guest stars because you don't control them. I've emailed with Allie, and she seems pretty keen on doing more episodes. We love her. We think the show is better with her on screen. It's just so hard finding the real estate in our episodes. They fill up just quickly, and there's very little space. Um but with season two, we do have a place for her in the zombie mythology storyline, so we're hopeful we can get her and afford her and that she has those windows of time for us. Yeah, isn't it weird to think about how the business affects the show? <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, if she doesn't... You know, when an actor has to go where where the job is. Yeah. You know, it just, you know, whatever works out. So I hope, I hope it'll be a regular... I hope so, too. And, you know, Rob was uh, talking about, you know, if she doesn't come back, you know, we could always imagine, you know, Peyton off wandering Europe somewhere. (laughs) Just kind of, like, heartbroken. (laughs) And uh, there was some fan theories going about that uh, Sebastian uh, might have scratched her. Yeah, she had a gash on her forehead. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's what I wondered if she was scratched and she went off to... Look for brains. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rob Thomas has quashed that theory. Oh, okay. That did not happen. <laughs> so, I guess spoilers for something that's never going to happen. <laughs> but uh, she did have that blood on her forehead, much like Liv had on her forehead um, on the boat. So I'm thinking that uh, that's just Sebastian's mo. Maybe he clobbers them in the in the front of the head and knocks them out that way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, moving on, I hope you guys all enjoyed the panel that we released featuring David Anders. Um, there were two reasons I decided to commit to a podcast for a show I've, I know nothing about. And I know you're the same way, Steph, mm-hmm. Rob Thomas, and David Anders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, I was really happy to hear him talk about the many different roles he had taken on um, over the years. Uh, Steph, actually, uh, pop quiz. What's your favorite David Anders role besides Blaine? Definitely not. Um, was it Jonathan on uh, Vampire Diaries? Yeah, John John Gilbert. Jo- not John Gilbert. Um, <laughs> I mean, of course, you know, uh, Alias. Yeah. And he, uh, Once Upon a Time. I saw him on Once Upon a Time. Yeah, that was that was good. I mean, I just like seeing him. Anywhere he pops up, but no, he's always so great. Yeah, he's he has such a charisma and such a presence on screen that you just—he's so compelling to watch. He's such a funny guy, and it really, it really comes through um, during his, his little Q and A. And I want to thank uh, again Susan from the Geek Girl Soup podcast for uh, contributing that to our podcast. Oh, thank you, um, Susan. That's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of panels, um, David did announce during his panel that uh, they're going to be in San Diego on Sunday, July 12th. That's actually wrong. Things actually changed since uh, David made that announcement. Um, Warner Brothers released their convention schedule. It looks like the iZombie panel, write this in your calendars, is Friday, July 10th. So that Sunday, it's, it's Friday. 
Um, creators Rob Thomas, Diane Ruggiero, right, is going to be there, uh, as well as Rose, Malcolm, Raul, Robert, and oh. David. All of them. Wow. Yeah. So if any listeners get to go, just know that we're so jealous and we'll be here at BitterCon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and if you you know you don't know about BitterCon, folks, uh, that is basically uh, the, the – uh, we have a little uh, a Skype session and talk about how much uh, we wish we were at Comic-Con and <laughs> chat about the news that we've heard. <laughs> yeah. um, and if you do go to that panel – and you get yourself a nice audio recording you'd like to share. Take some pictures. Heck, even meet them. Um, if you dress up even as an iZombie character, please send it to us. I will post it on our page, on our group, on our Twitter feed. Um, you know, um, and if you get, you know, the panel and uh, you'd like to share it, uh, we'll, we'll publish it on our feed. We'll say your name on the show. We'll give your website a plug. We'll sing Dear Commissar on your voicemail, <laughs> whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'd love to. Uh, we'd love to hear it. So, so yeah, Sunday, July twelfth, the San Diego Comic Con panel. Um, I actually just got a press pass for the New York Comic Con, and I'm really, really hoping that they show up oh, this wow. year. Um, but uh, the actors do get back to work on July 20th, which is another thing that David said during his Q&A. So um, they're, they're off until, like, the con, and then they're back to work. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe they won't be able to make it to New York. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, the iZombie Twitter actually said at the end of uh, the finale that iZombie returns in October. So... Uh, we're looking forward to that. Don't have an actual date. There's a 13 episode order. Um, Rob Thomas says they're planning on 22, but if they only get 13, then episodes 11 through 13 will probably be jam packed. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to um, get 22. I hope so. I really do. How are the uh, the uh, ratings? ratings? Yeah. Oh <laughs> my god. Um, okay, let's just start with the good news. Okay. Overall, uh-huh. um, the season average for iZombie is uh, 0.65 with uh, 1.75 million viewers. iZombie is the fourth most viewed show on the CW. All right. Right behind The Flash, Arrow, and Supernatural. Oh, wow. And, and that's, ahead, like, that's ahead of Vampire Diaries, The Originals, Jane the Virgin, all that other, other shows I've been buzzed about. Um, so that's really good for our show. I mean, you know, the other shows are great, too. I just really... Um, we're rooting for iZombie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, here's the bad news. Um, the season finale, worst ratings of the season. <gasps> what? <laughs> yeah, right? What? I guess everybody's on vacation. <sighs> Must be. Uh, actually, there was a big basketball game playing the same night that took a lot of rating share. Um, I don't get the sports ball. But, yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> Neither do I. It could be, you know, people were like, Peyton's gone, I am done with this show. <laughs> or Sebastian's gone, I am done. Uh, <laughs> no, I think school just got out for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, if you did start watching uh, iZombie late, I know I did mention this last week, but, um, you know, even if you missed a few episodes or if you just want to do an epic summer rewatch, um, the CW is actually airing the season again from the beginning, starting uh, June 16th at 9 p.m. That's uh, the, this coming Tuesday. 
So they're they're already re-airing the Flash season, but now they're going to be re-airing iZombie. All right, so that's it for the news. Um, okay, listeners, uh, this is how the rest of the podcast is going to go down. I've already talked to Steph about this before, so let me just break it to you. Okay, first we're going to talk about the season finale. Then we're going to do some feedback and plugs, and after all that, we will discuss the many things that Rob and Diane have teased about season two. Um, we are planning on doing a couple bonus episodes this summer, building up to the season two premiere. Um, but uh, please know we're going to be talking about what we've learned about season two in those podcasts. Like, um, we'll try not to go into too many specifics about what we learned. But uh, this is a fan cast, and we're we're kind of here to squee and freak out about casting announcements and whatnot. <laughs> um, but like, if we hear about like major plot points or uh, character deaths or anything like that, we're gonna we'll keep that stuff to ourselves. But um, you know, it, it it was funny how we we led up to this season one talking about anything we'd hear about the show, right? <laughs> and then once the show started, people were like, "Wait, careful with the spoilers." <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, you know, casting announcements and things like that don't seem like much of a spoiler to me. But um, So basically, starting with the bonus segment at the end of this podcast, that's after the plugs and the feedback, after our discussion about uh, Blaine's World. Um, starting with that bonus segment, we're going to be talking freely about anything that the fine folks from uh, iZombie or CW have released to the press. And we will uh, we'll try not to spoil the big stuff um, this summer. So... <laughs> I uh, just wanted to say that because um, a lot of people. I mean, sh- it, you know, I love shows. I I, I would hate for uh, I would hate to be spoiled on anything too. But I'd yeah, just like the X Files, you want to yeah. be teased, but you don't really want to know specifics. Let's talk about Blaine's World. All right, Blaine's World. Yeah, um, written by Rob Thomas, who we last heard from in the pilot. Um, directed by Michael Fields, who directed The Exterminator and Astro Burger. These episodes are usually shot in eight days, but they gave themselves ten to shoot this finale. Yeah, I can see. Uh, it, there's so much, the action so and the, the detail of this yeah. episode. I mean, I just appreciate it so much. So our first topic uh, today is let's wrap up last week's mystery, because that's basically what they were doing. Um, at the beginning of this episode. Um, so, so Teresa no, is indeed dead. Yes. And no were terriers or mystery zombies took her out. Um, we've just basically got a greedy, paranoid teenager trying to extort money from an evil corporation. <laughs> and honestly, it took a second viewing, and maybe it's just because I live-tweeted as yeah, well. Yeah, and that's what I figured. I just... I, I could not figure... All this mm-hmm. stuff out. I don't know if I was slow or if the or if the show is just kind of like throwing a lot of stuff at us. Um, yeah, I was I was definitely trying. I was thinking maybe there would be a bigger supernatural element at the end of the season, but you know, it's just the the rules of the show set up. It's uh, this is a uh, this is a disease. This is a this is a bad cocktail, I guess, of a drug and an energy drink. I don't know. <laughs> it makes you want to eat brains. Um, but yeah, it, but uh, what we got is they're going to release another energy drink, mm-hmm. Supermax. Supermax, and yeah. isn't that the way that it? I mean, like they just keep trying to up themselves with these energy <laughs> drinks. 
Well, uh, Vaughn wants to eliminate sleep altogether. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, crazy. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of scared of that, and I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with our, our little mystery, uh, Liv and Clive just, you know, they're trying to track down Cameron, who they think is a, a kidnapped victim. But it looks like he was just trying to get some money and leave town without a trace. So, uh, would you murder your he friends for three thousand dollars? Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of gross. Yeah, would I murder my friends for three hundred thousand dollars? <laughs> no. No, but it seems like a small, like even like in today's age, I don't know, like a million dollars seems like. Well, he just was murder? said a. I yeah, don't know he if was there just. There was a price set of it. <laughs> he was just set up like a slime ball in the beginning. Yeah. And uh, Liv eats Trace's brain, and did we only get one vision from this brain? This, this episode was so jam packed. There was the one she had that one vision where she was trying to fish the wallet out of a gutter or something. Yeah, there was a rat or something. Yeah. There was a rat. Yeah, yeah. She saw she saw her she saw uh, a new hope and uh, <laughs> um, and then got a flash of uh, this uh, this rat in the wallet or whatever. Um, so this brain gives her a snarky bitchy brain, which is exactly what we need in this finale. Yeah. We want a uh, take no prisoners, not be afraid of uh, speaking her mind. Live. We don't want her distracted too much by her brain. Right. <laughs> by the brain. Um, and uh, Ravi says, I doubt I'll even notice. And <laughs> <laughs> I think he's kind of correct because Liv is always very, um, she doesn't hold back at all. So I think this brain really worked because we got like the closest to live, you know, to power live as... <laughs> Um, yeah, it was just Liv turned up a little bit. Yeah. Um, the line, this Indian mustard you brought in sucks donkey parts. Yeah. Um, Rob Thomas said that donkey parts was not their original line. Oh, of course, but it didn't get past <laughs> the censors. Yeah. Oh, we'll talk more about the censors. Um, so let's talk about this mystery, okay? I wrote this all down. And you tell me if this is making sense to you or please, please stop me. I'm just talking this out with you. So maybe I'm enlightening the listeners or boring them. But here we go. Sebastian had a thumb drive in his wallet that he took from uh, Seattle Observer reporter Rebecca Hinton after killing her. Right. And somehow this flash drive was in his wallet when he was trying to murder Liv. And then gets uh, run over by a boat. So, it, it, am, I, am, I, am I following the thread correctly, you think? Like, it bothers me because I yes. think the flash drive yes. is, uh, is, is, is waterproof. Is it? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe there was water protection in the wallet. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that's not important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, suspension of disbelief. Okay. Uh-huh. Next, he pulls himself out of the river. He gets hit by a car. <laughs> he murders Kimber, and then the teenagers flee. But is that when Teresa finds his wallet? Like, she fishes it out of something. Do you have any idea? 
Are you stumped as I am? <laughs> oh, I didn't think about this. I didn't think about it this deeply. Uh, well, we know that he... I'm not trying to ambush you. I'm just trying to work this out myself. He spent some time with his aunt. Yeah, he went to his aunt, but... Like, where did he lose his wallet? Did he lose it? I, like, I assume, like, the... The only the best way to lose a wallet is being hit by a car. I would say, <laughs> like you pretty much get knocked out of your shoes when you get hit by yeah, a car. Yeah, I got hit by a car and buried. Then he came yeah. out and killed Kimber, and then went to his aunt's house. Uh huh. And then he goes to Max Rager, um, and has that interview with Doctor Yeltsin. And um, okay, I the, so I'm assuming they're like. So did you did you get the the flash? I mean, you went and murdered this Rebecca girl. Now you're cha- chasing down this other source because of this medical medical examiner. Examiner, um, do you have the flash drive? And I'm sure he was just like, you know, no, I don't. And then he murders the doctor and leaves to um, not go after the flash drive because we know that he wasn't the one that murdered the teenagers. It was Cameron. So he's he left to go get revenge on Liv, <laughs> but maybe that's when he took shelter with Aunt Edna <laughs> and ate her brains. Um, and then there's a the whole thing where, like, with with Hillary. All right, we have our new uh, redheaded femme fatale introduced here, Hillary, um, and she somehow gets a hold of Kimber's phone and starts texting um, Cameron. So is she texting Cameron? Did she get the phone like from the gravesite? Did she get the phone? Did 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 uh, Sebastian be like, you know, act like I don't want to talk to, I don't want to deal with this anymore? I'm a freaking zombie now. <laughs> um, I want brains. Here's a stupid phone. Um, Possibly, I, I wasn't <laughs> thinking about it this deeply. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I'm just you know these are either holes or I missed something. Uh, so yeah, I was just kind of wondering where she, where where Hillary got Kimber's phone from. So she call she calls the teens and and te- or texts them or whatever and to see if uh, they have the drive. And Cameron, this is when Cameron demands the cash, the three hundred thousand dollars. And I'm I'm almost assuming it was a hundred thousand dollars for each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Nate freaks out about it. Cameron murders him. Teresa goes to the cops. Cameron murders her. <laughs> So quick to murder this Cameron guy. Um, Cameron decides he needs to uh, pretend that the murderer is after him. So he, yeah, like you said, he picks his scabs. He leaves blood at the crime scene. Does the nine one one call. The the whole help me thing at the gas station. Leaves his cell phone in a junkyard where his body could be anywhere, which give will give him enough time to uh, rent another car and go meet uh, Hillary for this money exchange and. Uh, Nearly gets car bombed and then hops a bus to Canada, <laughs> but gets caught there. So, I'm just trying to trace how this works. I mean, I don't know. It's either I'm I need to watch this again, or there were a few holes in this mystery. It was probably, I would think, the weakest part of this finale. Um, I didn't think about those things at all. Yeah. I, maybe I was just supposed to go along with it, like oh whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but we did have some good stuff out of this uh, mystery. We got um, we got Liv saying nice ball sack. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Ravi nerding out about Snooker. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, what else do I have here? Oh, the David Lynch Diner, which is uh, where Cameron meets up with Hillary. He starts acting like, "Hey, there's no, I'm no one here. I'm no one to screw with." And Hillary's all like, "Yeah, whatever." Well, yeah. What did they say about Blue Velvet? Was that the name of the diner, or did they mention it? Or no, the song was playing in the diner. Blue Velvet which, was playing. Oh, yeah. Which really adds that David Lynch thing, and you know, Cameron is really looking a lot like Bobby Briggs. In this yeah. Thing. You know, he's he's you know, high school teenager who thinks he knows it all. Um, yeah, and we also got the awesome bum <laughs> in this. Uh, oh, and what do you say? No pun intended, but I got a bum leg. <laughs> Did he say that? <laughs> yeah. I so <laughs> the two lines that I got from him was, uh, "I'm kickstarting this bitch, man," which is hilarious because Rob Thomas's Kickstarter for the Veronica Mars movie is pretty famous. Oh yeah, and that is. Uh, his description of the explosion. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and Liv said, what? Did he make funny noises and spit on you or something like yeah, that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, the, the last thing I have written down here for this mystery is the fact that uh, I love when Clive just pretty much has enough... Has, has had enough with Cameron during the interrogation scene. You know, like they've been chasing him all over the place, and then he's like, "You know, I, I made copies." You know, and he's like, "You know what? Maybe we'll just put you outside and see what happens to you." Little jerk. Anyway, that's it for the mystery. Let's talk about Max Rager. Um, meet the new boss is one of the uh, chapter headings. In this episode, and uh, yeah, I think we're looking at season two, Big Bad here. Uh, Von de Clark, Hillary, the scientist, the unnamed scientist. I'm thinking this is going to be uh, um, somebody Liv's going to have to worry about in season two. Yeah, Von de Clark. Uh, Von, de, Von de Clark. That's his name. He Von de Clark. He Von de Clark. Von de Clark. He was fantastic. <laughs> Wasn't he? I mean, I did, I just loved every second he was on screen. Yeah. He said, uh, he, the, He's talking about like the serotonin yeah, the doctor, and stuff, and he starts bobbing his head back and forth. Yeah. The, uh, the doctor said, a zombie. He said, I'm sorry. You were saying that Sebastian is a zombie? Well, <laughs> now you're getting into semantics here. He craves, bane, he, he craves brains. He can't seem to die. His heart beats. Once every six seconds. Yeah, I guess you know. After a while, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, but but how did he become? Well, he claims that he accidentally sampled the blood of this young woman. That's a long story. Yeah, a long story. Anyway, yeah. this young woman later revealed herself to be a zombie. Next thing he knows, he's back from the dead. He's white as a sheet, tilling for brains. <laughs> yeah. I loved that whole uh, speech because it's like, holy cow, this guy is on top of everything. Like, he knows everything that's going on. Yeah. Well, and it, it it's it's exposition done in a very entertaining way. Yeah. Because yeah. we find out details. Mm-hmm. And we see that great... We, I mean, we... I thought we were seeing the last of Matthew McCall last week when uh, he got a knife through his temple, but uh, we got that cool video of him killing the Dr. Yeltsin. Um... 
and uh, yeah, I I think Vaughn thinks he's on top of everything. There's something wrong here because I think uh, Sebastian believes that Max Rager is the thing that causes zombieism, which it doesn't. It's Max Rager combined with this tainted utopium. Um, it this uh, what is it like one in a hundred uh, cans of Max Rager uh, causes uh, a person to rage out, but it doesn't turn them into zombies. It causes them to f- freak out and do violent acts, um, but uh, it doesn't cause it didn't cause live. And I'm thinking that Vaughn thinks that his Max Rager is uh, caused Liv to turn into a zombie at the uh, boat massacre. And then, you know, when Sebastian sampled her, sampled her blood, um, that's what turned him into a zombie, so it's transferred by blood as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm thinking... Uh, I'm hoping that it's not as simple as or we're trying to simplify it into saying that Max Rager causes zombieism because I don't think that's what they've been trying to say. I think that's just what Vaughn thinks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so. He thinks it, but he would never admit it because he's not responsible because he's not accepting responsibility for it. Well, yeah, he's, he, he doesn't ex- accept it in public, but to this scientist, he's got this guy, this guy who's gotten, it's some sort of scandal with pharmaceuticals with the FDA. Mm-hmm. He, he's got this guy. He's like a genius, and he's like, "Listen, you figure out what this uh, ingredient in Max Rager that's causing this, and I'll take care of all the zombies." I think he's gonna. He thinks he's gonna have to eliminate the zombies to get rid of the evidence that Max Rager causes zombies because he thinks that Max Rager causes zombieism. Right. When it really, when it really doesn't. <laughs> so, yeah, that was another thing I was like, I need to think this through. Um, but uh, we had a we had a great uh, stare-off between uh, uh, the scientist and Liv. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's so curious. Yeah, he is, he's like, wow, this is a zombie yeah, thing in front of because somebody just told him that there are zombies in this yeah. reality. She's right outside the door. It was just... <laughs> I love I love it. It's like Vaughn is this I don't know. Like both both him and Blaine are these great villainous characters who uh who like to monologue. Yeah. <laughs> um I love Liv's line, hey creepy stares a lot, I'm on I'm on, I'm not on a sex camp, I can see you. <laughs> and uh when Vaughn asks about Sebastian, Liv says he was stabbed to death and Vaughn says bye and she says, Me <laughs> And then he says, wow, uh, a boat motor and a car couldn't take him out. But you can do what a boat motor and a car couldn't do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, yeah, you know what surprised me also about the scene was the that we were talking about Sebastian being run over by a boat by Liv. Did, did Clive know about this at all? Yeah, I wondered that last week. Yeah, because Clive said, you know, he tried to kill you twice. Well, why oh, didn't right. why didn't she report it? Or maybe she did, and we just don't all know. Happened off, ca- off camera, yeah. or something. Um, so Liv ends up uh, uh, 
you know, looking at when you know, when they get a hold of the drive, Liv takes a look at Rebecca's article, learns about Supermax, and then sends it to uh, Seattle Observer, where uh, yeah, they get a little front page story out of it, and uh, Vaughn tells the reporters in one of the last scenes here, he says, "Trust me, we're just getting started." So. Yeah, season two, big bad. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Let's get into probably the thing that caused the most glee: uh-huh. <laughs> the major massacre. Uh, yeah, you know, I read uh, an interview with Rob Thomas that said uh, Robert Buckley said he would take the role, but he didn't want to just be the person that Liv was pining for. Right. And Rob Thomas said, don't worry. I have this great arc set up for you. In the end, you're going to go in there and you're going to kill everybody like Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what it was like. That's exactly it what was. it was like. You know, it's funny because, um, it's, you know, on one hand, we're kind of trained by the whole The Walking Dead, you know, by by seeing... A man walk into a, an a, you know an establishment or whatever, and uh, taking out zombies, these brainless uh, you know falling the pieces zombies, and uh, murdering them, and uh, being like whatever they're just like frags in a video game. But like with this, it was weird because here he is storming into an establishment with guns. And these are conscious beings. These are... They're zombies, sure, but they're not like... They're, and they're murderers, and they're cannibals. But it, it it was pretty dark. And I think the the reference of Taxi Driver is right on. You're with Travis Bickle. You want him to save little teenage prostitute Jodie Foster. Mm-hmm. But he's also like murdering people left and right, and while you're while you're saying, "Wow," you're also saying, "Holy crap, what a psycho!" <laughs> yeah, because just last week, you know, when he said he's going, you know, I'm live, I'm going to kill them. I thought yeah. he's not going to. He can't. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah. That's what happened. <sighs> he bought those guns. He bought that uh-huh. that grenade, and he used <laughs> them all. Alan Sepinwall called it Chekhov's grenade. Yeah. <laughs> which is perfect. <laughs> because, you know, you're just waiting for that one to pay off, and mm-hmm. it sure did. Yeah, that was great. Uh, wow, so much good stuff. Um, when when Major is uh, being frozen to death, um, Blaine, I love, I love Blaine so much. He just, like, checks in with coffee, and he's like, so the Nazis kept these notes about freezing people to death, but, like... But not letting them die, and this is all because of Stalingrad or whatever. So uh, I've been taking notes. Of oh, this. I, I have it right oh, here. Man. I have it. I have it. <clears throat> so I've been doing a lot. I've been doing a bit of online research, trying to figure out how long you'll survive in here before body parts start falling off. And guess what I've discovered? Most of the pertinent data comes courtesy of the Nazis. Yeah, those Nazis. Great minds, huh? <laughs> They wanted to know if there was something in Russian genetics that allowed those commie bastards to survive Stalingrad winners. Spoiler alert, there wasn't. Turns out we all freeze to death roughly the same way. But I digress. The point (laughs) is, they kept meticulous notes. And thanks to those notes, I can keep you in here alive, suffering as long as I want. 
as long as it takes to get the information I need. Why are you doing this? Daddy issues, megalomania, greed. Wow, that felt really good to get it off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was that was awesome. And, and uh, yeah, I got to do the next one, which is, you know, he brings the hot soup in with the Tommy brains in it. <laughs> and uh, it plays like... You know what my mom always says, and Major says, "Why did I stop using birth control?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. Yeah, and Major should have known that there was something up with that soup that oh. he wasn't just giving it to him out of the. I just started screaming and <sighs> tweeting. Brain soup, I, mean, brain soup. I mean, really, this was a nightmare for Major. This mm-hmm. is terrible. This is so. Without it seeming very dark, this is dark. It is, and even Blaine. I mean, this is like a quarterthon here, but uh, um, Major calls him a monster, and he yeah. says, "Come on, I'm eating brains. Doesn't make you a monster. It takes a little more effort." So you know, it's almost that. That's a great uh, quote for um, talking about Liv's situation. You know, he's saying this to Major, like, "Yeah, um, you know, without." Without knowing Liv's lives a zombie, but you know, because Liv is doing this, she's eating brains, and she's not a monster, but he is a monster because he's putting in a bit more effort. Yeah. Um. So, did you recognize? And Liv didn't Liv. Oh, didn't Liv say that? Um, didn't Liv say that her best friend looked at her like she was a monster? Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Oh. Yeah, that's a whole other section we'll talk about. But did you recognize Tommy? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. I was like, oh, that's that kid that was helping him look up YouTube stuff. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Liv text Major, which is actually Blaine, saying, oh, those brains, I tested them. They're monkey brains. And Blaine calls back, asks for the brains. We're going to do a trade. Um... And, uh, yeah, when they did the trade... Yeah, she was so worried about Major that she didn't care to, you know, to verify that that was him. She just wanted him back, and she just gave up the brains. Right. And that kid, like, was wearing a Helton's Shelter. Helton's Shelter, I love that name. Uh, (laughs) T-shirt. And I'm wondering, this is like, there's like two weird things that happened with Blaine and Julian. They, A either grabbed the kid off the street, put him in, took, ripped his shirt off and put Major's shirt on him, or they kicked down the door of Helton Shelter, grabbed <laughs> grabbed a, a counselor there, and, and threw him in the car. I know. I was wondering who, where this person came from. Who's this person? He, he, he basically looked like Major. I guess yeah. he had Major's build and everything for her to, to think it was him. Yeah, but I was wondering who he was. Was was he a minion or was he just somebody off the street they grabbed? I think it's just somebody off the street. Um, meanwhile, Major is searching uh, Tommy's body, finds a cigarette lighter, and, you know, he's been complaining he's got to go pee and yeah. he's going to put his uh, pee to good use. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, uh, according to one of the articles I read, they knew that they. Wouldn't be able to show a lot of violence on the camera, but their biggest fight actually was with standards and practices over major urinating on screen. Wow. <laughs> they said you can't, you, the, 
you couldn't hear them unzipping. You couldn't hear the pee hitting the floor. And they barely got away with having Major, like, have a look of relief on his face as they cut away. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, you know, what, a couple episodes ago, we got to see uh, Rose McIver, like, scooping brains out of a skull and shoving them in her mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. What's wrong with this world? Anyway. Uh- <laughs> but, I mean, I liked how it was done. It was, uh, you, you knew what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. I well, I was wondering because you know, I was like, is he gonna light his pee on fire? What? Yeah, I knew he had a plan. Yeah, did you know Major is a smart guy? He is a smart guy. Um, and what I love is when Luda came in, yeah. he he hollered, but because he doesn't have a voice, they couldn't hear him. Hey, yeah, yeah, that was that that detail was great. And it's also because uh, Sissy, you know, and I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit at this. It was like, oh, he can't stop that damn song. And she goes and turns the music up. And I was, I rolled my eyes at first because I'm like, okay, so this is not, so they don't hear Major breaking out or whatever, fight with Luda in the back room. But it all, it just turned into this great score of the next, like, yeah, couple it was minutes. diegetic music. Uh, Dear Commissar, uh, originally recorded by Falco, but made famous in the U.S. by After the Fire, um, was actually the third or fourth song that uh, Rob Thomas tried with this scene. He said it just fit. Um, Their original song they wanted to use was Prince's When Doves Cry. (laughs) It was probably too expensive. <laughs> yep, he said too expensive and didn't want his music associated with violence. Oh, okay. So, uh, De Commissar, it ends up being one of the last tracks that I've added to our Spotify playlist. <laughs> so, um, a quick plug for that. I mean, if you search for iZombie on Spotify, you'll see my list there. It's under Robin Burge. It's got 39 songs on it, and it is awesome. Um, so check that out. Um, also, it was great because uh, she turns up the music, right? And I'm mm-hmm. live tweeting, and Rob Thomas actually tweets out. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I can't tweet right now. Um, so, you know, I, I need to watch this. And I'm uh-huh. like, oh, crap, what's going to happen? <laughs> Um, so yeah, after taking Luda out, he goes to the car and I'm like, go, Peter, get out of there. And he opens up the trunk. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. He has, he has his, his arsenal hid in the tailgate of his Bronco. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Cause Julian was searching through the trunk and, and through the car. Yeah. Um, so he didn't uh, he didn't mention anything in the beginning of the episode about oh I found a bunch of weapons. No, it was he had yeah. like supernatural style. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, when he comes walking back across the road, <sighs> oh man, this is so hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I was thinking it was badass, but <laughs> I was kind of my, I was I was kind of man crushing as well. And, you know, it's like I was rooting for him, but I was also like, oh, my God, this is a season finale. He could get killed. He could mm-hmm. get killed during this. Um, and it, you know, it works with the plot and all that, you know, which is usually like most of these kinds of shows make the main character suffer. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, so he goes in, he's shooting at uh, Sissy and the others, and the first henchman, had no- I noticed, uh, got blinded by the exploding glass, so he ends up shooting him in the head. And we mm-hmm. get a lot of these, like, points the gun, camera looks, and then camera turns away. Yeah, that was really cool. Like, the second person that he shot that I, I didn't recognize, um, yeah. you, you're like, you're expecting him to shoot it, and then, yeah, the camera... POV is yeah and it was the, like a, it was like a video game too yeah you know and oh I love the camera shot where Sissy is uh, surrendering and she's like oh he, Blaine did this to me I'm just an artisanal butcher yeah and, then and he tells her to go and she says oh, God. God bless you yeah <laughs> yeah but in the oh how dare she yeah <sighs> and you can see in the mirror she pulls the knife out I know and again great camera work because you know we're we're not seeing the gruesome but we're seeing the scary and you know just seeing that um and then she gets pushed into the bandsaw (laughs) so no more sissy just eliminating all these zombies one after the other and um stupid luda ends up looking through the window at the wrong moment (laughs) (laughs) which i gotta say is smart move for major because you know he he, he just got, you know, knocked down. He didn't get put down. So, And then friend of the show, Alex Ponovic, comes in. <laughs> I mean, Julian walks in and uh, goes into the freezer. And then we get that Chekhov's grenade, um, which uh, – did you get Major's line for this? That makes sense. What? The, the, the line from this, Major smirks and says, walk away from this. <laughs> and I mean, and that makes sense because Julian is the biggest, and he's going to be the hardest to take down. Yeah. So the the grenade for him that was perfect. Oh, and it's just sweet, sweet revenge. You know, he's beat him up a couple times, at least you know three or four times at this point. And uh, what what surprised me was both these explosions. There's this I don't know if it's like the effects they have on the CW or whatever, but there's this jet. Gig- Gigantic plume of black soot that comes out rather right. than fire, or I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> I, you know, at first I was like, "Holy cow! Do zombies get dusted just like uh, vampires do on Buffy? <laughs> What's going on?" <laughs> but I just assumed that was just kind of you know the effects little, work they had to use, they had to yeah, work with. Yeah, just a little poof. Yeah, a little poof. That's okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Alex Ponovic's character Julian is dead. Um, Rob Thomas's uh, has confirmed this, uh, and the, he said that everyone in Vancouver loves working with him. And a lot of the cast actually asked if he was going to be back for season two. But uh, like we said, he's moving on to Continuum. Um, <laughs> we got a note from the Cuddle Puddle Nation, by the way, uh, <laughs> that they're going to live tweet his uh, movie called Feed the Gods. On June 28th at 8 p.m. And if you follow f- at Feed the Gods Movie on Twitter, uh, you'll be able to live tweet along uh, with this movie. So check that Where's out. Where's this movie going to air? I'm not sure. Maybe, I mean, I know it's it's not a movie that's going to be in that. It's it's a movie that's a couple years old. Um, oh, okay. So maybe they're all queuing it up. I would suggest you go to at Feed, Feed the Gods Movie. Um, on Twitter, and you know, I'm sure there'll be information there. Or I think it's at Cuddle Puddle Nation. 
who told us about this. <laughs> uh, the cuddle puddle. Um, also, uh, Alex and Matthew McCall are both uh, co-stars in this new movie called Vendetta, where uh, uh, I think it's just coming out uh, this month. Uh, Dean Kane gets locked into a prison just to get revenge on this criminal organization or whatever. It's probably a you know a low budget movie, but I thought it was worth the mention because both Alex and Matthew McCall are in it. So anyway, moving on. We'll miss you, Alex. Um, Alex, you were fantastic. Yeah, enjoyed every second. <laughs> and such a such a awesome guy. Um, all right, uh, moving on. Um, so, yeah. Um, oh, when Major turns around mm-hmm. and Blaine stabs him, uh, oh, it just killed me. It crushed no. me. Oh, yeah, exactly. No. It, and it was perfect timing because it goes from yeah. like a yeah to a no. <laughs> and uh, I love I love Blaine again in this scene. <laughs> Where he's just, he's just so, like, petulant and so just inconvenient. He's like, look what you did, man. Now, now we have to deal with the noise complaint. <laughs> he goes, you got that slow and agonizing death thing under control, right? I hope it hurts. <laughs> oh, man. So then he goes out to the main part of the meet queue And uh, Liv did tell, did tell us, uh, I think, last week... Or maybe the week before that he is, she's gonna shoot. Next time she sees Blaine, she's gonna shoot him, and uh, she does, right in the stomach. No headshot, but um, she does does yell out for all the all the live well uh, shippers out there. You killed Lowell. Um, <laughs> so that was cool. I was wondering, do you have any idea where she got that four barrel gun from? <laughs> No, but you know, so we knew she was coming there to the meet cute because she had talked to Blaine on the phone, mm-hmm. so we were kind of expecting her to show up. Yeah. But I don't know where she got the gun. Maybe she stole it from the police department? I don't know. There's like a <laughs> deleted scene with this, her busting into an, a, the evidence room or something. I don't, I don't know. Maybe she maybe Sebastian had it and it fell out of his pocket at her apartment. I don't know. Um, so Blaine says, you know, he's, he's like pleading for his life here because she's about to put him down and says that, uh, he's the only one who knows who all the zombies are in Seattle. And if he stops feeding the zombies, then the apocalypse begins. Yeah. Without him, there's going to be an apocalypse. And I mean, he kind of has a point. It's so twisted, isn't it? It's yeah. This evil SOB (laughs) is actually the one that's preventing the zombie apocalypse more than live. Yeah, because <laughs> without him supplying the brains, people would just be cracking skulls open left and right. Yeah, and uh, and I think the best part of the speech uh, was um, at the end where he's just kind of run out of things to say, and you see his look on his in his eyes like, "Please do not kill me," <laughs> and he's just scared for his life. Yeah, that little moment of vulnerability. Because until now, he has nothing but confidence and arrogance and snarkiness. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and just so you know, Rob and Diane did consider actually killing him off. Um, and they might have if they got 22 episodes in this season. Um, but, you know, after 13 episodes have gone by, they're pretty much convinced he's... Just, Blaine's a lot of fun. They really want to keep him around. And, you know, obviously David Anders is awesome. <laughs> so... So we'll see where he goes in season two and if he survives all 22 or 13, but probably 22 episodes of season two. Um, so, yeah, the, uh, the only thing that saves him at this point is uh, Major calling Liv's name. and um, But it's like Blaine, like he could have gotten away, but he just can't resist rubbing salt into the wound. <laughs> uh, just like, you know, oh... Oh, he doesn't know that you're a zombie? Like, oh, man. That's the worst. And and then he's just like, I've got friends yeah. in my places. We're going to make this look like Major did all this. And then I'm going to get more henchmen and more customers and just get more brains. That little bit of glee that he shows when oh. he's, like, delivering bad news to mm-hmm. live. I mean, you know, oh, this is... He doesn't know that right under his nose is a zombie, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just just um, celebrating the fact that he's, he's still got one over on her. And, you know, he could have gotten away, but she injects him with the cure. <laughs> Which is perfect because she doesn't know it, it, it might kill him. Right. So, yeah, he is their guinea pig. Yeah. Oh, now, bitch. because earlier she was going to go ahead and inject herself. Yes. And that's when he called her. Yep, he called, right? Uh, inter- I interrupted that. But, uh, yeah, wasn't this your theory that he's going to end up being the one getting the cure? And that's how the cure situation is going to be um, solved? I think we kind of talked about that. that. For some reason, she will not be cured. Yeah, because she can't. Because she's zombie, not not anybody else. I zombie. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my gosh, I loved the last scene where his hair is growing out and oh, he's yeah, like yeah. enjoying food when he's but, getting stitched up. Well, how about the just the, that that long scratch down his neck and and then goes the commercials and you know exactly what's happening. But uh, yeah, let's let's move into the last. Uh, Topic we have we're, we're going long today, folks. Um, so much to talk about. So much the, the cure and the epilogue. Um, so the cure, live so brokenhearted after Peyton. You know, thinks she's a monster and she's like, I eat brains. It's disgusting. And I'm disgusting. Um, Ravi sets this whole cure thing up in emotion by saying that the vial contains maybe one, maybe two doses, and that a. You know, he wants to watch this rat for 48 hours, but, you know. Yeah, they're still not sure. They're not yeah. sure. And he says that, you know, that he only has these two doses, one, maybe two doses, because he's only got enough tainted utopium for those. Um, so his next goal is to get that more tainted utopium. And he, I love how he says that, um, you know, curing, curing live is the primary objective, like, you know, but they also have to worry about all the other zombies that are being created. And uh, yeah, because yeah. she couldn't take the the uh, the cure. She couldn't take it earlier in the episode because they were trying to figure out uh, who had killed Teresa. Right, and Teresa came in during that, or or Clive came in 
during that when they were talking about it. But yeah. And then, you know, when she's alone in the, the morgue because Robbie's at home, she's about to do it. And then Blaine calls. So, yeah. Um, but Liv's lies come back to haunt her in this last moments with uh, Major here. And, you know, it's hard to, like... I mean, I saw a lot of reaction in, like, forums and on Twitter where people are just thinking that Liv is kind of a, a cold person at this point that, that you know, she deserves the, the pain that she's gotten out of this. That, uh, um, and I, you know, I've been de- defending her all season. I'll still defend her. It, she was trying to protect him and she had no idea <laughs> that, um, you know, this stuff was going to follow him around so much. And unfortunately he kept chasing after it as well. It's partially his fault that, you know, he landed into so much trouble because he kept on pursuing it. Right. It's uh, just a mess all the way around. Like, it's, yeah. it's a lot of it is nobody's fault. It's just the fallout of zombieism. Yeah, yeah <laughs> this extraordinary situation that they're in. Right. You know, it's like, however, she, you know, she could have given him a choice. You know, that, that probably would have been a good idea. But it's all, you know, she talks about it. It's like... She's she lied because she knows him. She he would have just sentenced himself to a life without sex or children. And, because uh, he is that loyal. Yeah. And uh, you know it's sad. It's sad that you know Major's figuring all this stuff out. You know he figures out that oh this is why you work at the morgue because you need to you know eat brains and uh, yeah and. Uh, so heartbreaking is she says um you know that they're they probably gonna end up together yeah so now we can be together yeah oh no he does not react the way she thinks he's going to react she says it's not what we imagine but it's what fate dealt us and major says it's not what fate dealt me (laughs) Mm. you did this pretty much you know yeah it's it's tough because he's got a right to be mad, but I feel bad for Liv at the same time because it's just such a tough situation. And uh, you know, as a result, Major wakes up and Liv gives him that the rest of that that cure, and she says uh, she hopes he can f- forgive her because humanity won't. <laughs> so, but we did get the little touch of white hair, and uh, yeah. It would have been nice to see Major as a zombie, but I don't oh, know. and the the dark eyeliner. <laughs> yeah, uh, but again, we've talked about this before. It's like, oh no, Major can't be a zombie. He's he's the he's the heart of the show, you know. Or well, I don't know. Robbie's the heart of the show as well, and live. But I don't know. It, it would have been weird. Mm-hmm. It would have been weird. I don't know. Yeah, I probably feel I, the same way if Robbie got turned or if Clive got turned. I'd feel the same way. Yeah, I think that this, like, in a lot of shows, I would have felt like this was cheap. Yeah. But I feel like they had to go uh, drastic enough for him to be fatally wounded. Mm-hmm. To get the emotional punch. And then they had to find a way out of... Uh, they had to find a way for him to continue being alive mm-hmm. with also being fatally, mortal, mortally wounded. Yeah, because, you know, she 
she might not have given him the cure. She might have saved the cure and uh, let uh, let Ravi still work with it. Um, if he said like, "Oh yeah, this we we're finally together. We're in love. <laughs> sure, we ate brains, but we'll figure it out, honey." <laughs> but, but instead, it's like she her guilt is just yeah. But he was done, and she could not watch him die. Right. She had to do something. Yeah, and and also. You know, she had to take a little bit of the guilt off herself for lying to him and then turning him into a yeah. against his Yeah, yeah, and he he just did not like that she made the decision. It's you know that's his life, and she held those decisions in her hand and decided what was best for him. And it's sad because you know you know he could still resent her because she's just constantly making the choices here. He's got no choice in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, I do appreciate, I think, I think having a season two with, uh, Major as a zombie and resenting her the entire time Mm -hmm. on top of that would be, I don't know, it would be a little hard to take it, you Mm -hmm. know, emotionally. (laughs) I think he's still going to have a lot of resentment and we'll probably talk more about that in our season two talk. Um, but let's wrap up this episode. Suzuki. Um, we forgot to talk about him. Um, responded to a noise complaint, makes it look like Blaine killed everyone, writes Blaine's name on the wall, flicks a lighter, and kaboom. Or, and me. Evan showed up for his first day on the job. Yeah. And uh, I forgot to do the explosion correctly. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I'll wipe this Did you off. spit on me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wipe my monitor now. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, Suzuki shot himself in the leg. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that, you know, the experts would realize that he shot his own self in the leg? I, I don't know. Yeah, the bullet would probably be, I don't know, he probably aiming down a bit. I don't know. Right. But he also got got exploded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe they can't and figure I, that out. I, you know, I, I figured that he would... He wouldn't make it past the finale. Just his his character. And it's it's great because, you know, Rob Thomas talked about this as well. He got asked about this whole plot. Um, and it, it really reflects back onto our debates on what was going on with Suzuki this season. Was he actually a good cop? Was he going to help live? Or was he all evil? And he kept on going back and forth depending on what episode it was. Um and Rob Thomas says, we really wanted to get across the idea that Suzuki was a good cop at one point, forced to do very bad things, and he did not like his life anymore. He was a noble character, um, forced to do yeah. things he didn't want to do. He wanted to yeah. blaze of glory as a hero, and that was his way of doing so. Right. I can see that, because he was stuck in the, the position that he had no choice. He had, He was, you know, at Blaine's mercy, so that was his best the, the course of action was to take himself out. I I think that was a good death. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was a little... I, I don't know. If he's going to take himself out, why not take Blaine out with himself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been the best one. But. I mean, maybe if he knew that Blaine had been cured and then and that, that was... Fine, and then he was going to be tracked down by other zombies or whatever, and he, he had that to look forward to. And then 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand why he took out he took out this this entire place and I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. In the end, Clive has has the officer go find Major and yeah. check him for a gun residue. <gasps> oh yeah, that was, that was the thing. Remember, remember way back when, when Clive spotted the shoes under Roman. I was like, Clive is going to know those shoes, and right. yes, he totally <laughs> totally remembered them. Uh, that took a long time for that to pay off, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, we again we see this whole other um, Chekhov's grenade of this season finally drop. Evan finally comes back with the application. (laughs) (laughs) And um, uh, he ends up being in surgery. And um, we get to see, yay, friend of the show, Molly Hagen, show up again. (laughs) Yeah, for just one teeny tiny scene. Yeah. Um, Evan's lost a lot of blood. They need uh, type O negative, which is Liv's type. And the surgeon says they don't have much time. And Eva tells her to go with the doctor, and she says no. No. So, meaning that she is not going to make decisions for other people from now on. She's not going to right to just impulsively, because she cares about somebody, she's not going to... Uh, she's not going to turn him into a zombie with yeah. a... Like she, she already tried that. She already did that with me. Yeah, she Major. made the mistake. She's not going to make that same mistake again. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I'm kind of like, oh well. So what if she turns him into a zombie? <laughs> like at least he's quote unquote alive, even yeah. though he's dead. He's alive scientifically, even though his heart is beating six times per minute. Um, he's he's not going to be like like you. Robbie's shown at this point you could cure quote unquote zombieism mm-hmm. you can't bring him back from the dead <laughs> right so I just uh, I really I really hope season two opens with Liv being like alright <laughs> here's some blood <laughs> but uh that was a good ending though it was really good yeah was, fantastic uh, yeah and uh Rob said there was no alternate endings they uh he said, usually a network will warn you if there's a possibility for cancellation, and they've received no warnings uh, from the CW. So they planned a season finale, not a series one. So Great. Yay. And I love it because, you know, I was thinking back of uh, when we were talking to Raul, and he was uh, saying, you know, how great the season finale was and how it wrapped everything up. And, uh, yeah. So, I think that's it. I think that's all I have for discussion. <laughs> um, I guess we got a uh, oh oh Blaine getting stitched up by a vet, like he's a uh, yeah with his hair growing out, and he was a, eating a burrito or something like. Yeah, what was he eating? <laughs> I think it was just like a burrito. Like, hey, normal human food. I can taste this food. Yeah, it's funny though because it was it looked a lot like what um, Sissy and the the two henchmen were eating. Like they they both looked like they were some some sort of stuff inside wraps or whatever I don't know. Oh, so I it's almost like maybe he's pretending. I don't know. We'll see. Let's get into feedback. We got a lot of feedback tonight. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we want to uh, say thank you to everybody for uh, listening. This is obviously 
a big episode. So we'll get into feedback. Um, our first bit of feedback comes from our um, guest from last week. Um, his name is Mr. Kevin Batchelder, and um, here he is. Hey, Stephanie and Robin, it's Kevin Batchelder. Wanted to give you some feedback. Um, actually, I was going to say on the finale, but it's really more about the entire season. I mean, while it was a great finale, I'm sure you're going to talk about it in depth. I really just wanted to comment on how great the entire season has been, both on the show and also in your set of podcasts as well. You know, this show very much for me was kind of under the radar. wasn't sure if it was something I was going to like. And certainly beginning just kind of some quirky, fun, brain-of-the-week stories. But they did a great job, slowly but surely, just totally sucking me in on a week-by-week basis till eventually being so, you know, engaged with the characters and the stories that this, this show really just skyrocketed up my list of shows that I look forward to. So pretty amazing stuff. So excited that we don't have to wait too long for it to come back for a season two. Appreciate all the podcasts you guys did. They've been so much fun. Hopefully looking forward to some summer stuff, some fun things that might happen in there. It'd be great. A couple of things I did want to mention before I go for those who are fans of the show. Um, Malcolm Goodwin, who plays Clive on the show, is going to be at a convention. Uh, Indie PopCon, it's called. It's in Indianapolis. It'll be the last weekend in June, 26th to the 28th. Uh, he'll be there. He'll do a Q&A panel as well as uh, some autographs and photo ops, I assume, as well. So if you're near there, you might enjoy going checking that out. Several other guests and events. As it so happens, I will also be there. Uh, taking part in the con, moderating and being on some uh, B-movie-related panels. So if you happen to see me and you're there, say hi or look me up on social media and uh, uh, let me know. Hopefully we'll be able to say hi if you're going to be there. And then obviously also looking forward at the end of the summer to Dragon Con in Atlanta over Labor Day weekend. Uh, No iZombie guests listed yet, but um, I do know the Urban Fantasy track will be doing a fan discussion panel for iZombie. And if... uh, you know, plans hold. I believe Stephanie and I will both be panelists, so very much yes. looking forward to uh, getting a chance to talk about the show and meet some other fans there. I think that'll be a lot of fun. So again, thank you to both of you for the time you put in for the podcast. It's been great and I uh, really appreciate it. And it's been great getting to know some other folks in the Facebook group. If you folks uh, are listening but not in the Facebook group, I highly recommend you join. Certainly going to be great to talk about the show even throughout the summer. So uh, thanks again and I hope everybody takes care. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, yeah, Kevin. I have. I got my my uh, manic panic goth makeup in the mail today. I'm ready for my live cosplay. Nice uh, for the panel. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, talking about this sh- this show, just like Buffy, it's been compared to Buffy in several articles online. It looks silly and just thin and shallow. But it really has so much depth, especially yeah. you know with oh, with Major's character and yeah, it's just um, stuff that lives going through and Robbie yeah. and Peyton. Yeah, I it, it's funny you know now that you say that I'm thinking back on way back in 1997 I believe when Buffy the Vampire Slayer did come on the air. I remember seeing I, I was like I saw the movie and then I was like. They made a show out of that movie. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, wow, stupid. And I didn't bother showing up for the first season. Um, and uh, once the second season started picking up, I started seeing commercials for that. I I ended up starting to watch uh, during the second season. So maybe people, you know, will hear the buzz 
and uh, they'll start tuning in more and more. Um, and I'll hop on board. I'll hop on board. And, uh, yeah, thank you, Kevin, for uh, all the uh, feedback and also for, you know, he did this uh, great little plug for us on, on Twitter. He's like, I sent in my feedback to iZombie Podcast. Did you? <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> uh, thank but, you, yeah, I am looking forward to meeting more iZombie fans in Atlanta. Yes. It'll be awesome. Yes, and uh, I'm looking forward to meeting more in New York. Neither of us will be in San Diego, so or this or this IndieCon. So yeah, folks, if you are again, if you are at any of these conventions and you get audio, you get pictures, send them our way. We love it. Um, okay, so let's continue. Um, Would you like for me to read Heidi's email? Ah, yes, Heidi's stream of consciousness as she's watching the show email. (laughs) All righty, Blaine's World. Hey, guys, season finale time. I hope my expectations aren't too high. The Veronica Mars season finales were always epic. The scenes with Major in the freezer are pretty brutal, especially when Blaine feeds him brains and shows him Tommy with nothing uh, in his skull. (laughs) Rob Thomas loves to put people in the trunk of a car. I knew Blaine wouldn't give major up so easily there's too much brain eating in this episode wow major has just been pushed to the limit and i'm surprised some of uh the point blank shooting in the head got past the cw sensors so many shocking moments i did not see Liv curing blaine coming at all i did however see her turning Major, he's going to be so mad. Ouch, that reaction was even worse than I thought it would be. And another shocking moment, Liv's brother was in the explosion. Is he dead? And Major is in so much trouble. I don't think Liv really got the message about asking before making decisions for him. There she goes, using the rest of the cure on him. I wonder what the excuse will be for why Liv can't donate blood. She could just say she's HIV positive or something. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's awful. That would work. I need I need to watch this one again. Sorry for the mess ram mess of rambling while I watched. Until next time, Heidi sent from my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Heidi. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that could be a way to get out of it. Uh, yeah, I'm HIV positive. You didn't, I didn't. I wasn't very open about that, and that's why I've been. Surely, surely something else will pop up to save save her. That seems so dark for this show to go to use a real-life disease like that. Yeah, I think something else will come up. Yeah, okay. But yeah, that would be a good way to explain away her entire (laughs) change. Like, I got HIV on the boat or something. I don't know. Or I got pricked with a needle or something. I don't know. No, that would be way too real. I think we should... (laughs) I think they should try something else. Um, here we go. Uh, this is a voicemail from Moira. Uh, Moira. Just was catching up in time to watch the finale. Here we go. Hi there, iZombie, Robin, staff. It's Moira. I'm finally calling in again with some feedback. I got so behind in watching the show uh, that I had to do a bit of a mainlining event for a few days to get caught back up. Um have to say in general for this whole first season I've really found this this show to be a romp it's fun I you know I really enjoy the characters Liv and Robbie and Clive um, 
the acting is great um, your podcast has been fun to listen to I'm getting a real kick out of all the special guests you've managed to have on whether they be actors or writers or what have you that's been a real joy to listen to so thank you for all your hard work in uh, in snagging those people and getting them to come on and talk so that we all get to listen oh, that's been awesome good job um, Robin so <laughs> just a few things about the actual finale it had some holy crap moments didn't it um what stands out for me? I think the image of Liv taking her forefinger and stroking it ever so gently along Major's neck uh, in her desperate bid to to save him in her own way. Um, so many reveals. Uh, you guys have predicted the, de- the decline of uh, uh, some of the henchmen. Uh, you were right about that. I guess they were expendable. You had also predicted that um, Liv would would somehow not be able to use the cure, that something would happen and the antidote would get lost or wasted or something. And you called that correctly. I mean, she ended up obviously, um, you know, giving it to Major in the end to uh, turn it back into human form. But she also did it to Blaine, which... Oh my God, that is so amazing! Totally did not see that one coming. Um, just makes you want to jump right into season two, doesn't it? To find out what what the fallout's going to be from all of that. Um, her brother being injured—that was just horrifying. It was starting to feel like they've just piled so much up onto to live. Like, how much more is she supposed to take? Really, you know? Um, yeah, it, it's extremely difficult. And they leave it with yet another cliffhanger, the one where she, you know, she says she can't give blood or that she's not going to follow them in to give blood. And So what's going to happen now? Is her mom now going to find out that she's a zombie too? And, and then there's Peyton, right, who's, who's uh, missing in action and Ravi left in the lurch. I mean, they just, it's wonderful. It's delicious. They've just left us in this situation where there are all these loose threads that we want to see tied up, but they've done it in a really... Um, Oh, what's the word? In a really interesting, intriguing way, they just you know they're they're, they're spiders. These writers and they've spun their little webs and, and I'm <laughs> snagged and I'm stuck there. Ah, you know, and and I just I'm trapped. That's the, in a good way. I'm wonderfully <laughs> trapped in their in their uh, storylines, and I love it. Oh, and I have to say, Stephanie, I am totally on board with you. Major is just, he's just yummy, you know. Oh, wonderful. Frozen Major is like a, a, a lovely popsicle that one would like to enjoy. And, and, you know, badass Major that's taking out his, you know, his shotgun, whatever that weapon was, and just blowing away all those meat cute people was pretty awesome so I just don't have anything bad to say about him and I agree with you Robin at the beginning you know of this of this series we weren't quite sure what to make of that character and whether we really wanted him to hang around but he's turned out to be just amazing um such fun to watch anyway uh oh yeah and I have to say I was sad to see the demise of Lowell I know that's a couple episodes ago but I just have to say it because he was fun to look at too and actually I thought he had really really very good chemistry with uh with Liv with Rose yeah. McIver so yeah great. too bad he's gone okay I rambled on enough this was awesome the show is awesome I'm so glad that you guys are doing this podcast um and yes we'll be more than happy to come on to do an episode if you need somebody if I could just manage to stay up to date um yeah yeah I hate you CW because you're just not in Canada and it sucks it sucks do you hear me it sucks 
However, I'll get over it. Alrighty, you guys. Till next season. Bye for now. Bye, Maura. Yeah, we understand that if you know that you fell behind, you're a very busy lady. We we know. But wouldn't it be great if Eva did find out that Liv was a zombie and Eva said, "Well, uh, have you tried not being a zombie?" That would <laughs> yeah, be great. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Um, wow. Thank you for the supersized feedback, Moira. I uh, always appreciate it. Um, and, uh, yeah, very controversial opinion saying how uh, sexy Major is. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how many people are going to get behind that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of far-fetched. <laughs> uh, let's move on to another email. This is from Franzi. Uh, I, I think I'll read it this time. Okay. Um, you always get to read Franzi's. Here we go. It's she delightful. Says, she says, "Hi, or hey, guys. Because this is the last episode for a while, I decided to make a list with my favorite episode character and some other categories instead of sending you the usual feedback. I'm curious if you agree, or if you liked other things than I did." Smiley face. Favorite episode: Dead Rat, Live Rat, Brown Rat, White Rat. Yep, not the finale. I liked Blaine's World a lot, but only the last ten minutes stood out. Stood really out to me. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying because that that last act mm-hmm. was fantastic, and the rest was just tying up loose things. Mm-hmm. I think maybe my favorite episode was the maternity episode. What was the name of that? Maternity live. Maternity live. Yeah, that's the one that like made me choke up and tear up a little bit. It was very moving. Uh, um, Mr. Rob Foreman, you have my heart still, and you have many of our hearts for Patriot Brains. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That ending, I'm sorry, I uh, it was it was a wrecker uh, when they killed Lowell. I, I don't know this this show. Uh, that was I don't know that was that was rough, and that was a a great episode. Uh, so I'm going to think of it that. Maybe I'll change my mind. Um, but right now, it's all I can think of is, uh, is that one. Um, mm-hmm. Favorite brain of the week, she says, it's a tie between the high school girl from Dead Rat, Live Rat, Brown Rat, White Rat. Do I have to keep saying that? And the gamer from Virtual Reality Bites. Um, I like the stoner myself. <laughs> uh, the stoner was funny. Really but, funny, yeah. But, yeah, the Kimber, that was... <laughs> Totes adorbs. I also like the uh, um, when Liv went all cold in the exterminator and uh, almost didn't save Robbie because of it. Uh, That was a good one. Um, Favorite one-off character, uh, she says Teresa. I know we saw her twice, but the second time she was dead, did nothing than lying on the autopsy table. Favorite one-off character, Um, I'm going to say... Um, I want to keep. I just want to call him Dick because of Veronica Mars, but uh, <laughs> you know the character that uh, that he played, uh, Ryan Hansen, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, can't remember his character's name. It was something uh, douchey, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'll just say him because uh, I love Veronica Mars and that, or the guy that Wallace played, although he was kind of a jerk. <laughs> Uh, because he uh, was murdering um, people with drones. Oh no, Johnny Frost. <gasps> oh, 
but he's, a, he's oh my god he technically is a one-off character because the second time we saw him was a hallucination you win <laughs> <laughs> that was a great one too yeah all right um character who has improved the most she says major i couldn't stand him at all i thought he was boring and the typical love interest oh boy was i wrong um yeah it goes without saying major although yeah. he was just he was i don't know it was like he was super charming in the first scene like i was i was i was charmed by him um yeah um i would say that's that's probably the easy one to say because he's his character has gone through so much but um i also like i also like clive because I think we got a little bit deeper into his character with uh, Live and Let Clive, and um, it's just been fun watching him react to all of this uh, goofy behavior that's been going on in front of him. And, uh, yeah, so I'd say, I'd say, I mean, Major's, if it wasn't, if, if not for Major, it's going to be Clive. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts, or are you just going to go with Major? <laughs> Major. major. Whatever the question, the answer is always major. <laughs> Characters improve the most. Um, yeah. I mean, you, I, oh, man. Major's character arc has just been phenomenal. I just, nobody else can touch yeah. it. Um, if you're a fan of the Whedonverse, I was saying before the show, he is the Wesley of uh, iZombie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, hit favorite character she says Liv kudos to Rose McIver I'll just agree with her Liv uh, <laughs> do you agree favorite character oh, uh, I mean I love Major I love Major I love him like I dream about Major like <laughs> <Okay>. if I- <laughs> no it's right. <laughs> tell you what you you pick uh, Francie's got Liv you got Major I'm gonna pick Robbie okay <laughs> <laughs> We got a, we got we got three of them covered. Uh, she says uh, uh, favorite I Zombie podcast. She says the I Zombie podcast. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you, Francie. Thank you. Um, we do hope to introduce you to a couple other I Zombie podcasts in the coming weeks. Uh, stay tuned. Um, she finishes off. Says so. Overall, I would give this amazing first season eight point five out of ten brains. Can't wait for season two, and I'm really curious to see how all the decisions Liv made in this last episode will affect her. Happy hiatus, Franzi. Thanks, Franzi. Thank you. Yeah, I just think this season just built and built and built upon itself until it just was fantastic. Mm-hmm. We have an email from Dylan. It's another long one. You want me to read this? I can read it. Okay. All right, Dylan. Feedback for Blaine's World. (laughs) Hey, guys. It's been a really great show. Oh, no, he didn't say that. He said it's been a really good show. Yeah, (laughs) he doesn't want to talk it up too much. No. It has been a really good show. My favorite this year so far. Oh, that is talking it up. Okay. And this last episode was quite explosive, literally. (laughs) Yep. At the beginning of the episode, I must admit, I got kind of lost. I got kind of lost as to who... Had what? Okay, so it wasn't just you, Robin. It was, nope. It's also Dylan. Okay. After, um, okay, so who who was uh, after whom? Who killed whom? Where did the asshats fit into the Max Rager conspiracy? What did Liv s- said to the newspaper? And where they got the internal mem- memo, etc. Are too many moving parts. I don't know. I, for some reason, I didn't have a problem with following it. I guess I, 
I knew what to ignore and what was important. I don't know. <laughs> and me, I just dwelled on too many things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, just not very good at the procedural stuff, which they seem to tie pretty good into the main zombie plot. But I'll have uh, time to fit the pieces right into in my head later on. With your help, hopefully, since you guys are much better at this than me. Okay. Oh, stop. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> we just have microphones. We're yeah. just as good as you. <laughs> but the other stuff, the Blaine live Major Ravi side of the episode, that was the juicy, particularly Major's Punisher moment. <laughs> yes. And it was so funny, the, the casting announcement of John Bernthal as the Punisher on season two of Daredevil uh, comes out the same day as uh, Major turns into the Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Now that's great casting. Um, my only slight problem was Liv's choices at the end where she decides to infect Major to save him. But not her little brother, supposedly. I mean, I know she had one uh, one dose of the possible cure left, but it's not like she decided to give it to Major at the moment she scratched him. In fact, giving him the cure was probably an only afterthought once she uh, realized being a zombie didn't sit well with him. Yeah, I agree. And while you can argue at the decision to not save her brother stems from Major's reaction to being infected... Who's to say that her brother would object the same way? At least uh, he will have a chance to survive. And who knows, they uh, found a cure once, they might find it again. <laughs> yep, exactly what I was talking about. Earlier. Yeah, but yep. then again, but she's learned. She's Her decisions affect so many more people. She can't be selfish. But he's going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then again, is it? still too early to tell if he would pull through on his own which could happen next season yeah something will happen he'll he'll be fine anyway in the end they left enough great open threads to pull from next season blame cured major on the fence about live brother dying or dead best friend gone cure possibly lost max rager's leader max rager's leader on a collision course with the, with the zombie community a disruption on the brain supply chain with a real possibility of an outbreak and living Ravi in the middle of it all. Can't wait to see what happens next. I do predict that the cure is going to work fine so well, in fact, that both Blaine and Major are going to be inoculated from zombieism, which could open the door for maybe Liv and Major being together in some capacity later on and Blaine trying to reinfect himself unsuccessfully maybe. (gasps) Cheers from Dylan. (laughs) Awesome. Lots of good stuff to think about, Dylan. Yeah. Wow. Um, Thank you for that. We do have some feedback in the old Facebook group and uh, please join that if you're looking for more places to talk about iZombie. Always trying to get a conversation started there and you know, we get a we get a couple of comments here and there, but you know <laughs> I'm looking for a big discussion. Anyway, so we open up a feedback thread uh for Blaine's World and let's see. I'll I'll pour through it really quick. Andrew says so much to process. Kevin says talk about it, got your punch. And Michael's got a big long feedback. He says this was a lot to take in for one episode. I'll take some time to process and maybe watch it a second or third time. I usually watch on Wednesday using Amazon Prime, so I'm not used to seeing the show with commercials. That really, They really threw off my groove. <laughs> Things I liked. 
I, it was nice letting Major finally get a little payback against the zombies who have been abusing him all season. Similarly, similarly, I liked seeing Liv get pretty badass without actually going full zombie. I enjoyed the fact that the teen killer obviously thought he was really clever and badass in a fairly common teen manner, but he really wasn't. I also like seeing Liv show her human side, perhaps not always making the wisest choices, but acting like a very, a real and very desperate person might. Yes, I agree. Things I didn't like. Really, Liv, you didn't have to throw him back. Throw, you didn't have him throw back the hood. I guess her brain of the week has been shown to be a bit gullible, but even so. What? What is that? You didn't have him throw back the, the hood? Oh, oh, I'm, I'm the fake major. I was trying to figure that out. Sorry. Also, a hospital with no O negative? Really? That's the universal blood toner. Donor blood type. Every hospital would have have it to be able to get it. Oh my God! Every hospital would have it or be able to get it quickly. Seattle has many top hospitals. Not to mention a major med school. I'm O negative, and I swear the minute I become eligible, the blood bank is calling me. It's rareish, but not r- that rare. I can let that one go in the name of drama. However. Um, See, you know, I work in a hospital and I don't even know these things. I don't even know my blood. Do you know your blood type? Nope. I have no idea. I think when I donated blood once, I think I I got a card and it had like A something. I don't know. I did see this. uh, uh, I just wanted to take a moment from Michael's feedback and talk about what he just said. Um, I did see this being brought up in some forums. And I did look it up and, um, you know... If you're a if you're a universal blood donor, it doesn't mean. Um, let's see, what am I trying to say? If you're O negative, that doesn't mean you can get any blood into your system. It would have to be O negative. And also, there are there have been news reports I've seen, even from Seattle, where there have been O negative shortages. So it's not completely outside possibility. Um, and yeah, an O negative is very rare to find. I mean, rare-ish, like you says, but I don't know. I'm going to stop talking about things I don't know. Yeah. About. <laughs> but, you know, I think it does work in the name of drama. Definitely. Mm-hmm. He goes on. Many questions were answered, but nearly every character was left in a questionable situation. How will Liv explain her refusal to donate blood to her brother? How will Major react? And will his brief stint as a zombie have any side effects? Will Clive figure out that Major was up to gun-toting shenanigans? What will Blaine do? Where's Peyton? And of course, what are those wacky folks at Max Rager going to do next? I won't ask if Ravi will be able to remake the cure. Obviously, he won't. But I'm betting he'll be a bit cranky with Liv for using up all that untested serum. I wonder if the cure will act as an immunization against future cases of zombie. That could keep Blaine from just reinfecting himself. Sorry for my long stream of conscious post. My brain is still hurting. Overall, five stars. And next season can't come too soon. Yes. Thank you, Michael. Um, And Andrew continues here. He says, I thought it was a great finale. But I was kind of hoping that Major would be left a zombie for season two. He deserved that for being such an anti-zombie fascist. <laughs> I also wanted to say thank you for the great pod. Looking forward to season two and beyond. Oh, <laughs> thank you, thanks, Andrew. Andrew. Well, okay. what I understand, a lot of series do this now. They do something 
major. (laughs) (laughs) They they do something drastic in the finale that that causes a drastic change. And then it only lasts for like an episode. Like like it's like they do a retcon and they like totally revert back. In, by the second episode of the next season. Are you talking about the Flash? <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was a moment this, this season where it was like, "Oh my gosh, all that stuff happened," and it's completely taken away. Well, but like, what if that had happened at the finale? Yeah. And then the next season, you're like, "All right, this season's going to be like totally different," and then they just like revert by the next episode, they're back to to the same old, same old. Uh, I. I, I I've got faith in these writers. They're, they're, I mean, I do too. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I'm glad that it didn't. It wasn't a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you, you have certain things you want to rely on. You don't want to lose things entirely. That's mm-hmm. why I'm hoping that Major isn't. Yeah, Major deserves to be dark and broody, but he also is a, a pretty awesome character and funny. And I'd hate for him to lose that. Mm-hmm. Um, but more on that. During our uh, discussion about uh, what what we've learned about season two, after the plugs, um, let's talk about uh, where we can find you on the web, Steph. Find me at twitter.com slash slash Steph Smith. And when you follow me, say hey and let me know that you're a real person because I, sometimes I don't know. And uh, Have you gotten some haze? <laughs> No. <laughs> I Come on, people, give her some haze. Hey me. Hey me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, potentialcast.com, that's our uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer rewatch podcast. We are still in season seven. Thirteen one weeks day. have gone by. We're, we're almost there. No, I don't think it's ever ending. Season two, she's going to be saying it's almost done. Which, in a way, I mean, on one hand, I'm, I'm, you know, this has been five, six years of my life, and I'm kind of ready to move on. But then again, I don't want to say goodbye to Buffy because you, you know, have Buffy. Come on. I know. I can just start over like I always do. You when I get to. The, the series Welcome finale. Yourself to the, the back to the, the hellmouth. Hell yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But soon, hopefully, as soon as the Buffy podcast is over, we're going to start back up with Angel, the series season three. Yes, which is awesome. It's called Redemption, Redemption Cast. Cast. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's getting, it's getting <laughs> late over here. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's something that I'm a part of, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, talking about that again um and my other podcast besides this one is the defenders podcast which is uh just uh within a couple weeks of wrapping up daredevil and uh we're going to be talking about jessica jones uh coming up this fall and again really excited about daredevil season two having john barenthal as the punisher in it it's going to be pretty awesome so if you haven't watched daredevil check it out and uh go to dvmpe.com and listen to the defenders podcast because uh yeah we we actually just uh got a great interview with uh christos and uh, ruth cage um which should be uh out on the feed this week um they are the writers of uh, episode nine speak of the devil anyway um follow me on twitter at l robin and uh you can tweet me and say hey if you want as well um you can follow <laughs> us on twitter at izombie podcast and uh you can say hey on that as well <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Contact us by going to iZombiePodcast.com, which is a part of the DVM Podcast Empire. There you'll find links to our Twitter feed, our Facebook page, our email, and our iTunes page, where you can leave us a five-star review and a hey, <laughs> which, uh, which should be awesome. Um, let us know what you've thought about this season of the iZombie Podcast. Uh, really, really would appreciate hearing some feedback from you. So that's it, folks. Uh, for those who do not want to stick around for any sort of talk about season two, um, you might want to sign off now. Um, but uh, the stuff that uh, we're going to be talking about has just been released in uh, interviews with Rob Thomas and Diane Ruggiero. So um, you know that they're not going to just outright spoil their own show. But if you're really super sensitive about spoilers, maybe you want to sign off and we'll catch you again in season two. <laughs> but uh, here we go. Um, first thing wanted to talk to you about, Steph, is, uh, there, Rob is, uh, you know, they're talking about the lessons he's learned over season one and, uh, working on that balance and they're going to be working on it even some more in, uh, season two, that balance between the mythology and the case of the week. Um, he says beginning in season one, it was 60% case, 40% zombie. And then by the end it was reversed. <laughs> and they discovered that you know the A story suffers when you take eight pages away from it to devote to the B story. So it's just finding that perfect balance. And um, he he talked about like you know his scripts. Their scripts really just kind of start off with what brain would be fun to give to Liv this week, and uh, <laughs> what what would be the most fun thing that they could imagine uh, Rose uh, to try this week. And you know I'm okay with that. I like that idea. And then they just kind of fill a murder case around it. Uh, Rob actually compares this process to uh, this, this this balance or whatever to uh, The Big Lebowski. You know, He said the first time he watched The Big Lebowski, he was kind of disappointed on how the mystery turned out. And then the next 56 times he watched it, he realized the mystery wasn't even the point. He was just right. enjoying it. The Big Lebowski is better every time you watch it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's just a fun ride, whatever. Um, Liv, season two, uh, he basically just kind of talked about her big secret. And he said, uh, if it was up to the fans, everybody would know her secret. <laughs> like, so everybody kind of tweets at him. He's like, oh, just tell Clive. Tell Major. Tell everybody. No, and- don't. I don't want anybody to know. <laughs> How can you have a secret identity if everyone knows your, your secret identity? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he says it hurts him a bit every time a new person on the show finds out about it. Yeah. Because you can't really take that back. Right. Uh, unless, you know, I don't know, anybody knocks themselves out and loses their memory. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he says with Superman, he kept his secret identity for 50 years. And with Buffy, pretty much, uh, qu- pretty quickly, all of her friends found out and they worked together. So he just kind of wants to keep that in the middle. And uh, where some know, some don't. And he always wants it to be a big deal when somebody finds out. Mm-hmm. So it was quite the big deal when Major found out. Um, Evan, Rob does not say if he survives. He does say, and this is weird. It's like his wording. I'll read this to you. He says, uh, "See this, the opening to season two. The opening scene to season two is going to be a rough one with Liv and her family." Mm-hmm. And I just kind of like took a note to him, like, does that mean Liv, Eva, and Evan? Does that mean Liv and Eva and maybe this unseen father? Like, who, who's the family that he's talking about? Well, I suppose that it probably picks up right where it leaves off. No. He no? Said there's going to be a time jump. Oh. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to be seeing 
uh, not the first time that Liv tries to make up with her family, as he says here. Uh, it's going to be like the eighth time. <laughs> what? And they don't understand the decision that she made. So, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe someone sweeps in and donates at the last second. Uh, and that's what he means by family. Like, Evan survives or... You know, Evan dies, and we've got the father back in the picture, or maybe they're, he's considering like Ravi and Peyton as uh, Liv's family now. I don't know what he means by family. Um, season two, Clive. He says uh, Suzuki is going to be praised as the hero of the Meet Cute Massacre, mm-hmm. and Clive's going to be pretty much like on his own, not buying it. And uh, he's going to be the one looking into Blaine and Major as suspects. So we're going to have more Clive, you know, not being the most popular guy in the department. Um, Ravi, um, they said, they basically just talked about The Cure. Um, not the Robert Smith band. I keep thinking of it every <laughs> time I say that. Um, um, show me, although, show me, show me. <laughs> Although, however far away, uh, Robbie will always love Peyton. Um, he says uh, about midway through the first season, they decided that this cure is going to work, right? But he also decided that there's going to be some side effects. There's going to be some fallout. It won't be as easy as, boom, you're human again. And he says, watch the rats for hints of what ha- what might happen to Blaine and Major. Ooh. And Ravi, uh, again, is going to be looking for more of that tainted utopium. That's going to be his little his little quest. So, oh, man, I'm really hoping, like, Ravi bumbles his way into the drug culture. He's <laughs> trying to, like, yeah, can I get a deal, huh? <laughs> Like, wearing that jacket. <laughs> People are like, what? Who's this guy? Um, Major will be reeling from the events of the finale. Um, however, they said Robert's so good at comedy that the writers felt like they were taking that away from him when, like, taking away his fastball when they started getting. He started like Major started getting into the, the zombie stuff, and they're really going to be working on giving that back to him. Um, mm-hmm. So he's going to be able to be funny again. Uh, more Fight Club lines. That's all I got to say. Um, and Blaine, it's the last thing I have here. Blaine said, how can we keep reinventing him and making him interesting is, uh, you know, what they're always working with, with Blaine and, uh, season two, Blaine still going to be a bad boy, but, uh, maybe someday they'll attempt to make him good, but not anytime soon. And he, he kind of references Jamie Lannister as, uh, as a character that you would never root for, but yet, you know, uh, because he pushed a child out a window, <laughs> but yet all of a sudden he's like the hero. Um, so right now in season two, Blaine's going to be passing off as a zombie. He's uh, instead of getting spray tans, he's going to be getting powdered up every morning. <laughs> and uh, you know Max Rager wants to kill all the zombies, so uh, it looks like uh, Blaine and Liv are probably going to be uh, going to probably need each other in this fight against uh, Max Rager, um, this common enemy. And uh, they said that they really loved um, Blaine and Liv on screen together, and they really want them on screen together more. I mean, what? It was like three, four times this season that they got in, in all 13 episodes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we're looking forward to um, seeing more Liv and Blaine. I'm sure it's not going to turn into a Spike and Buffy thing, but... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> it's going to be uh, maybe season two Spike and Buffy working together to defeat Angel. Very jealous. Anyway, I've given too much away for Buffy. <laughs> That's all the season two stuff I've got here from all the articles. And uh, like I said, I'll be posting some of those articles in the groups that we um, we run and on the Twitter feed. And uh, have a read. They're really good stuff. And, uh, man, I had to stop myself from writing, like, everything down. And by the size of this podcast, it looks like I wrote most of the things down. So uh, <laughs> that's it uh, for the Season 2 news. Um, do you have anything else to say, Steph? I, w- I wanted to give out some thanks. Uh, I think we've covered it. Okay. Well, first I want to thank you, Steph, uh, for sticking by me. After this entire season. Oh, well, thank you for coming up with the idea to do this, for asking me, because I'm so glad we did. Yeah, yeah. What a, what a, what a, what a trip it's been. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I want to thank uh, the cast and crew of iZombie for making an awesome show. And for, um, I want to thank the wonderful writers. Um, and Yes, they've been fantastic. Yes, and, you know, I know some of them listen to our show and that I have... You have no idea how great that makes me feel. <laughs> um, so, you know, if you're listening, I know you're writing the scripts, and I just want to say, like, Steph and I are ready to have corpses named after us, you know? Oh, yeah. Even if it's like a like a Stephen amalgamation of uh, the two, um, like, a, like a Stephanie <laughs> Robinson or a, or a Roberto Stefano, um, anything like that, you know? I just want to keep it in the back of your minds, you know? And... Uh, you know, maybe, 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 you know. Anyway, <laughs> I also wanted to thank all the fine folks that have uh, co-hosted with us. Our our friends uh, Ashley and Claire and Moira and Heidi, Malika, Kevin. Hopefully I didn't forget anybody. Um, if I did, I'm really, really sorry. Um, and, uh, and I want to thank, uh, let's see, who guested on our podcast? Raul and Alex and Ayana. And Molly, thank you all, Robert, for writing in. And uh, yeah, this is turning into be uh, an Oscar speech. So uh, I'll just finish it up by saying uh, thank you most of all to our listeners. Um, thank you for subscribing and giving us your feedback. So um, I figured I needed to say that because we just finished a season. And, uh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever done this with a live show before. <laughs> so. Um, coming up next uh, for our podcast in a couple weeks, you're going to get a special episode, which is going to be more kind of like fan discussion. It's going to be uh, iZombie podcasters getting together. Um, our friend Kevin, who uh, guested last week, is going to be run like moderating almost like a, a Skype panel uh, between us and um, iZombie, Uzombie. And um, kicking ass and taking brains. All great um, iZombie podcasts. And we uh, just wanted to, you know, let you hear some of their voices. And we're probably going to release that podcast on uh, all three of our feeds. So uh, you can check that out. Um, so look forward to that. We'll be talking more iZombie uh, in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to the Season 1 episode of the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Our podcast logo is designed by Dee Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. We posted that link, as well as others, on our home on the web, iZombiePodcast.com. 
There you'll find links to our Twitter and Facebook pages. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Podcast. Finally, send your feedback in to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. The iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. But please, do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. And remember, a mind is a terrible thing to taste. <laughs>